it is super distracting when people get up in the middle of like you know service and leave. So some of you, if you have trouble with that, I get it. Some people do. You know, no, 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 no judgment here. Get your butt out of the front and go towards the back. That's just a simple fix, isn't it? Seriously, if that's you, you know, you can move back. If you're one of those who goes back every night, go to the bathroom. Then just place yourself back a little further so it's not so distracting, right? And here's the other thing. Um, who's tired? Yeah, I am too. So here's what you do. You, you got to stay awake, right? You got to stay alert. You know what I do? Yeah, you can eat candy, sour candy. You can do those type of things. But you know what I do sometimes? Say, what's that? Keep your mind on falling asleep. Keep your mind on? Off of falling asleep. Off of falling asleep. Yeah, and the more you do that, the more I think about sleep. <laughs> so here's what I recommend. And this is no joke. If you are seriously dozing off and you can't pay attention, I stand up. Sometimes I'll go to the back or go to the side where it's not distracting. I'll go, and I stand. I've got my Bible. And I'll stand. I'll take notes. If you struggle at nighttime reading the Word, you're falling asleep, stand. Stand and read the Bible. So I don't want a bunch of people back there, but I mean it. And here's the deal. Some of these counselors keep going up and poking people like, hey, wake up. They get that guy away. Wake her up, you know. They shouldn't have to do that. You know why? Because you got friends beside you. So just help keep them awake. Nudge them. Seriously, that's what we do back there. Me and Terry to each other. We're always kind of popping each other, you know, not paying attention. You know, just love each other. Hey, you wake up. This is almost over. So God wants to speak to us, right? Hey, God, uh, thanks for listening to us tonight. And thanks for listening to our prayers and our hearts cry. And God, tonight, you know what we need. You know all of us deep inside of our soul deep in our deepest part of us, Lord. We can't even sometimes figure out our own motives of why we do some of the uh, things that we do. So, God, I'm asking you tonight that you would individually tailor this message for me, that you would tailor this message for each uh, each person in a seat. God, I want to thank you for Mason, but I also want to pray, Holy Spirit, control him tonight, his mind, his thoughts where he needs to go, giving the exact words of God. We believe you're doing that, so we're paying attention. Because God tonight, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit of God, we believe you're speaking through him. We believe you got the word, so that's why we're writing it down, and that's why we're going to capture it. So God, I just pray that this next section of time will be super powerful. We need you, we need to hear from you, we're desperate, we're needy. And yes, Lord, um, we are tired. So I, I would just pray that you keep us alert, keep us awake so that we don't miss it, so that we can hear it. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, what a week we've had so far. Um, we, we've been on a journey together. And last night, man... Last night was was powerful. The Lord was moving. Um, I, I I think I heard we had six six people give their heart to the Lord yesterday. Yes. Praise the Lord, man! Yeah. Praise the Lord. And uh, I got I got news from the from the bathroom stall that Dripmaster two thousand is saved. Is that Dripmaster? Let's give a hand to Dripmaster two thousand. 
I thought that was fresh. I thought that was fresh because Swagmaster 9000 was here last time, but Dripmaster 2000 is saved. So praise the Lord, man. Praise the Lord. I, I, I want Dripmasters 1 through 1999 to get saved. Man, so tonight, God, God wants you to get saved, man. If you don't know Jesus, today is the day that we write your name on the bathroom stall in the men's room. I'm serious, man. We, we, we want to mark that thing up. And ladies, we can start a fresh one in your, in your stall if you want. I'm not gonna do it, but one of you can do it. Anyways, man. So last night, we're all tired. None of us took a nap. And we're gonna have to sit for another 45 minutes. If you're lucky. I'm a preacher, man. What am I supposed to do? Cut my message short? Hey, I did that last night for you. I'm, I'm trying to be gracious. But, but listen, man, it's no coincidence that we're sitting here tonight. I know I said that, I, I said that last night, but listen, some of you didn't want to come, right? You fought your parents about it. You, you, you came because your friend dragged you by the ear. But it wasn't, it wasn't an accident. God brought you here for a reason. And maybe you came here willingly because you wanted to, you wanted to go to gospel farms, right? Or, or, or whatever. You came for a reason to, to, to tattoo the, the stall bathroom, you know, the stall in the men's room. Whatever you came for, like, that's not the reason God has you here. He has you here to hear a word from the Lord. Man, I'm telling you what. If you allow, if you allow him to speak to you tonight, he will. Because the Lord loves us so much that he gave us this book, right? And he gave us his spirit to discern what he's saying. And so, Lord, we come before you tonight. God, I pray that, that, man, that you would just move me out of the way. We don't need my opinions, God. We don't need my thoughts, Lord. We need your word. So I pray that you would speak, God, and that we would listen. And that we wouldn't be hearers only, but be doers, God. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So as we wind down the camp, man, let's begin to narrow our focus. The whole point of this is to endure, right? We're learning about what does it mean to be an enduring Christian. And so we're, we're narrowing our focus, man. We've walked through the natural and necessary progression that comes along with following Jesus. Man, because you can't just jump into an ultra... Right, and the Christian the Christian life is an ultra marathon. You can't just jump in the middle of it without without first putting in the effort to first have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, man. You got to get saved, and after you get saved, you've got to develop this relationship through spending time with Him, through fellowshipping with Him in the Word and in prayer. Right, we talked about today about delighting in and meditating on the Word of God and how pivotal that is. That's fuel for our fire. And then we talked about how we need to stay dependent on Him. Just because we know Him doesn't mean that we don't still need Him. We need Him daily. You know, uh, it just, just I just thought about that song, Lord, I need You every hour. we got to stay dependent. 
man, and, and, and man, we need to get discipled. We need a mentor in our life, someone to take us by the hand and teach us how to follow Jesus, man. And we, we need to begin to make disciples if we're going to endure at all times in all things. And so tonight, we're going to look at one final passage to drive home this point and to help us remain rooted and grounded in Christ. And so we're going to see two examples for having the right perspective when approaching the Christian life. What we're going to see is we're going to get some perspective from the past. We're going to learn from the past. And then we're going to learn from Jesus, man. What better teacher than to learn from Christ? Man, it's, and again, it's no coincidence the verses that we're looking at tonight. Hebrews 12. I've been hearing that all week. Hebrews 12. Man, the Lord, had, the Lord has a word for us from Hebrews 12. I hope you're paying attention. Wherefore, verse 1, seeing as we are so compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And so last week our our TLDR was an enduring Christian needs the proper perspective. Seeing the world for what it really is and operating above the influence. We've got to have perspective. And, and then tonight, what we're, what we're going to see is the enduring Christian gets perspective by looking at those that have come before. Man, we get a little perspective whenever we look at what's come before us. Look at what others have gone through and how they've endured throughout the ages. Man, it, get, it puts things into perspective. Man... As we read, we're going to read through uh, Hebrews 11, and you're going to see that, you know, the the things that we struggle with and the things that we go through, man. People have been going through them for 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 all uh, all of history. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to learn from the past. Learn from the past. Tomorrow we're going to look at at King Solomon, and he talks about how man, there's nothing new under the sun. So if if you want to be wise. If you want to know some things, just study history. I'm not telling you to be a history major, but man, just study history because what goes around comes around and the past is always going to repeat itself. It's a biblical principle. Hebrews 12.1, let's read it again. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Man, looking at all, all that have come before us, Right, because Hebrews chapter eleven is the hall of faith, man. Seeing everybody, all that has come before us, man. Let, let's get some perspective. Let's lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, man. Let's get rid of that habitual sin, that little pet sin that we have in our life. Get rid of it, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. All right, so let's look at the result. Of inspiration, we'll look at the inspiration in a little bit, but let's look at let's look at the result of it. 
Before we look at the past, let us first look at the result of being inspired by the past. Because when you look at the, at the past, it, it will and, and it should inspire you to lay aside every weight and sin in your life and to run with patience. Man, we live in a messed up world. Would you guys agree with me that, that the world is like the world we live in is flawed? Something's not right. And, and if you can't see that, man, I pray that the Lord gives you some perspective tonight. You guys are swimming in an uphill battle every day. Man, you're fighting battles on all fronts. Teenagers today are dealing with things that I didn't even know existed until I was an adult, man. You guys are dealing with stuff that it wasn't even on my radar until I was in college. Man, it wasn't even on my radar until I was in my early 20s. And you guys are dealing with it. You're inundated and exposed to sin of all type 24-7, 365, man. You guys are dealing with some stuff. Man, I, 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 I see the, the depression in your, in your, in your age group, man. You guys, you guys went through something that no one else in generations has gone through. You guys went through a pandemic. How many years? I mean, like at least one year of your life was taken from you. Man, I didn't have to, I, I got all four years of my high school. I can't, I can't imagine what that did to your mind, to your heart. I can't imagine the things that you guys have gone through. This world is flawed. It's messed up. And you guys are dealing with stuff on all fronts. Many of you carry instant access to the world in your pocket. We've talked about the phones, man. Those things are dangerous. And if we're not careful, we can get into a lot of trouble with all of the stuff that's inundating us, man. We're be Maybe we're not even trying to find it, but it comes and finds us, man. The world has a way of doing that. And before long, man, we, we get sucked into a, into a dark pit. We get sucked into some type of sin that's, that the Bible calls it a sin that does so easily beset us. And before long, man, you don't know how to get out. You're stuck. And you better believe that the weight of this world is almost constantly present in our lives, man. Man, I feel for you guys. I can't imagine being a teenager in, in today's day and age. It's hard. I mean, it, it was hard whenever... It, it's always hard, man, because you're going through so many changes in your life. Right? Your, your, your hormones are changing. Your bodies are changing. Everything's changing. And that's hard to deal with. Man, but we, we gotta, we gotta learn from, from the Word. We gotta learn from those that have come before. And so we gotta lay aside the weight and the sin, man. We gotta understand that this world is a facade. It's all, it's all just a smoke screen. All of the things, all of the things that, that are, that are presented to you, man, they're just temporary. We gotta lay it aside. Let's read that verse one more time. And I'm going to move this out of the way. I'm kind of OCD. Okay. Wherefore, seeing we are also, seeing we are also, also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. 
the race that is set before us. Man, lay aside the weight. All, every burden. Everything that's holding you back. Lay it aside. Man, what's holding you back from following Jesus? Cut it loose tonight. Don't hold on to it. Man, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that that whenever we meet Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, man, there's a there's the the spiritual man is awakened and we're called to put to death the flesh, man. But so often, you know what we do? Instead of instead of cutting that flesh off in the morning and leaving it in the bed, man, we drag that flesh around with us all day. We drag it around with us and we allow we allow it to chain us down, man. We use it as a crutch. Man, I'm just the way that I am. Man, I can't help it. You know? Instead of just saying, you know what? I'm going to die to self. I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to leave the old man and I'm going to leave the old man back in bed. I'm going to I'm going to lay aside every weight. I'm going to release it. Man, isn't it getting heavy? It's foolish to, to continue to, to, to have this weight just pulling it behind us. Cut loose from it. In Jesus' name, He will help you cut loose from it. Tonight, cut loose from it. Lay aside the sin in your life, man. Sin is a lie. Sin makes promises that are never delivered. Man, I don't know how many times... I was a, a compulsive liar growing up. And I just thought, man, I could outsmart my, my, my folks. Or I just thought I could get out of this situation if I would just, just tell one, one little lie, man. It's going to get me out of trouble. And you, you know what it did? It always made it worse. I was a compulsive liar. And it always made it worse. Never made it any better. Man, if I just give into, into these desires, it's just going to make everything better, man. If I just get high... Man, I can get out of this world. If I just get high, I can please this girl. I can make this girl like me. If I just get high, this boy will think I'm cool. Man, those are lies. Do you understand that guy or that girl that, you, that you're trying to impress is probably not going to be in your life in a few years? Don't give yourself away to them because they're not going to be there on your wedding day. You understand that? Man, you won't have any friends if you won't tag along with them. Man, you better you better hang out. You better go and 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 find yourself uh, in, with these people, man. Or otherwise, you're going to be an outsider. You're never going to have any friends. You know what, man? A good, a true friend isn't going to lead you that direction. Man, do you really think God knows what's best for you? Man, your friends may be asking you that question. Those aren't friends at all. Because who's going to be who's going to be sitting there answering to the repercussion of your sin? Is it going to be your friend or is it going to be you? Who's going to be answering for that if you wrap your car around a tree? Not them. You understand sin is a lie straight from the pit of hell. I can't stand it, man. 
But we, we just don't we just don't have the right perspective. We just think that life is, is about this right here. We don't understand that 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 li- this life is temporary. And if you would just get some perspective and understand that that the that the eternal far outweighs the temporary, man, your teenage years would be oh man, it would, it would be a joy instead of a regret. I wish I didn't have to regret my teenage years, man. I wish I didn't. I didn't have the right perspective. I was living it for something that for myself, man. I don't have anything to show for it. But you know what? God allowed me to, to, to live that so that I could stand here today and tell you what a waste. What a waste. Man, I'm not gonna lie, it's challenging. I'm not telling you this is easy. It's not easy. It's easy for me to say. But it's hard. It's challenging. This world is full of distractions and appeal. As much as I hate to admit it, man, our flesh loves all that the world has to offer. All the thing, all, all that sin has to offer us, man, our flesh loves it. That's why we gotta kill it. That's why we gotta kill the flesh. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. That's hard, man. That's hard. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Be not entangled with the affairs of this life. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And listen, this world is going to pass away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Listen, exchange the temporary for the eternal. I'm telling you, don't waste your life. If we fall in love with the world, we're going to get lulled to sleep. You're going to start caring about things that don't matter. You're going to start giving yourself over to people that don't matter. You're going to start playing, singing a song and doing a dance for people that don't care about you. And before long, man, you'll just be, you'll just be the gesture, right? Making people laugh. But they don't care about you, man. They just think you're funny. And they'll, they'll, they'll dare you to do something. You think they like you. And they're just using you, man. They're just abusing you. Because they think you're funny. John tells us to love not the world, nor the, nor the things in it, man. The world is in direct contrast to the Father. Man, the first Adam was what? What was he? He was earthy. He was, he was, he was of the flesh, man. He was of the world. But the second Adam... He was spiritual. And the thing about the earth, man, is it's going to pass away. The world and, and its lust will pass away. Don't get sucked into the trap because it will devour you. Live life with eternity in view. I shared that with you this morning. Man, those are my non-Bible words to live by. Live life with eternity in view. Also notice the three plays of the devil, man. The lust of the flesh, 
right? This is what appeals to the body. Lust of the eyes, man, this is what's appealing to your vision, to your eyes, and the pride of life, or what appeals to the ego, right? This plays out in the garden, right? We read this the other day. The first night we read this, so it's only fitting that we, that we end on this. You're gonna see the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let's see, let's just, let's just go to verse 6, because we read this the other day. Right, so they're in the Garden of Eden, and, and the serpent, the devil offers uh, the fruit to Eve, and look at what happens. And when the woman, she saw, that the tree was good for food, right? Lust, uh, lust of the eyes, and that it was pleasant, or that it was lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and that it was desired to to make one wise. Man, this is the pride of life. She took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband, and he did he did eat, because. Here's here's what the devil's trying to do, man. He's trying he's trying to to play in on on man our our lusts, man. The desires that we have. He knows that we the, the pride the pride of life is is something that we struggle with. He knows that the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes are things that that will get us every time. And so we man, we got to watch out for that because that's that's the only three plays that Satan has. And, and there's always issues with those, man. Understand that if we do not lay aside sin in our lives, it will eventually consume us. First Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Listen, this is real. Sin is not a pet. You can't stop it. It's the most addictive drug on the planet. Trust me, you can't keep it under control. Satan would love nothing more than to neutralize believers by allowing them to be consumed by sin. I'm telling you guys, man, the sin that is prevalent today is all-consuming. It is next to impossible to come back from some of the things that are going on in this world today. Because the devil, man, he's not playing around. He's done, he's done, he's done playing games. He, he's going straight for the throat. And if we're not careful, man, we can buy into them and believe that they're normal and right. It's pretty hard to come back from it. And if you, if you do get victory over it, man, there's gonna be some permanent damage. So, so we ought not walk down the paths, man. You know what the sin that doth so easily beset you is. There's something in your life, man. Maybe you're a liar. You think that lying's gonna get you out of everything. Maybe you're, you're, you're addicted to pornography. Man, I don't know what it is. You got something going on in your life that is holding you back. It's a lie, man. Let me tell you something. There's hope, man. You're not the only one that has gone through things. I see, I see adults in this room and I can guarantee you every single one of them has gone, has, has gone through some things, man. They've had some sin issues that they've had to give over to the Lord. They've had to cut them off and say, you know what? Lord, I'm gonna lay that aside. 
Some of you, man, you have some some issues you need to deal with tonight. I mean, don't go back. To, don't go back home. It's a trap. Don't go back home until you've dealt with it. No one's here to judge you. We love you, man. We know what it's like to go through what you're going through. And if we don't, man, we, 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 can, we can get you in touch with someone that does. One of the big hurdles in my life, man, when I was struggling with some things as a young man, was I was afraid to talk to somebody. You know, Becca was talking about that earlier. Afraid to talk to somebody. Didn't know, you know, you, you just, you're, you're scared that people will judge you. Man, we love you. We're not here to judge you. We care about you. We want, we want to see God use you in a mighty way. And if you're too scared to, to, man, to come forward, man, just, I don't, man, I, I would just encourage you. You, you need to, you need to get right with the Lord. Man, think about it like this. When we're focused on ourselves, man, here's, here's why we need to overcome the sin in our lives. Here's why we need to cut, cut off every weight. Because when we're focused on ourselves, we're not focused on the mission God gave us of, to make disciples of all nations, man. When it, when it becomes just a battle for over sin, we're not all we're thinking about is ourselves. Therefore, Satan does what he can to distract us from, with the temporary joys of this world. Man, we're so busy fighting sin in our lives that we're not doing what God called us to do. The devil can't have my soul anymore, but you know what he can do? He can distract me. God gave me a mission. But man, I can't get over myself. Stop focusing on yourself, man. We gotta fix our eyes on Christ. Just like, just like Peter, man. When he's walking on Jesus, or on the water, he's looking at Jesus. He's not worried about overcoming his issues because as he fixes his eyes on Christ, man, the issues of life begin to fade away. Man, some of us we need we need to get right with the Lord. We we need to get some accountability. I'm telling you, every single one of the adults in this room love you dearly. They took a whole week off their work to come out here and be with you. They love you, man. They're not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge you. And if we're all, if we're if we're all being honest, man, we've all gone through some things. And if you knew what we went through, you'd you'd be shocked that we were up here ministering to you. First time I figured that out, it was it was it was it blew my mind. You telling me other people struggle with issues too? I love what Bo said. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Tonight, you need, you, you need to, we need to get right with the Lord, man. We need to cut, cut loose from the weight. This leads us to our next point. We gotta run with patience. It's gonna take some patience. Rome wasn't built in a day. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Rome was not built in a day. Right? The process of sanctification is a lifelong journey. This is the process of becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, man. It doesn't happen overnight, but we gotta patiently run the race, man. The tortoise and the hare. Don't allow your, just because you fall, that doesn't mean you give up. 
You pick up your feet and you keep moving. Man, I, I remember... Uh, there, so think about it like this, man. So I have, I, I've told you guys, I have five kids. And so uh, it's one of the coolest things is to watch them let go, right? My daughter is at this point right now. She's like 11 months and, you know, she'd be standing up here on the stage and she, she lets go. You know what's about ready to happen, man. She's going to take a step. But you know what happens after she takes a step? What, what does she do? She falls. Man, how crazy would it be if I went over to, to little Millie and I said, Millie, get up. I can't believe you fell. It's ridiculous. You know? I'm her, I'm her father, man. I, no, I'm like, did you see that? Millie just took a step. Man, and, I, and, and, me and me and her mom are just like overjoyed. like. And then we're like, actually, this is our fifth kid, so we're like, Mortified, like no, no, like she's getting, she's going mobile. You know, but like with with Judah, man, my first it was like, oh my gosh, like he just took a step, man. We were so stoked and fired up that he took a step of faith. He let go. That dude didn't want to let go, man. He did, he would walk he'd walk around the, our coffee table, but he wouldn't let go. And finally, he 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 got full of faith and he said, I'm going to do it, and he did it, man. And then he fell. And we just, we, we thought we just won the lottery, man. Our boy just took a step. We didn't punish him for falling. And man, the Lord, the Lord says, man, you took a step. Like, man, he's fired up. And all we're, all we're concerned with is that we fell. And we forget that, man, the Lord's cheering us on. You take another step. You're learning to walk. Just take a step. It's okay. Don't give up. Before long, you're gonna you're gonna learn to run, and before long, you're gonna be climbing trees, man. And now now that Judah's nine, man, like if he falls, I'm like, bro, like why are you falling, man? Like he's nine. I mean, sure he can trip from time to time, but like, man, the expectation is that he he's on his feet. He's stable, man. He knows what he's doing. He's got he's got nine years under his belt. He knows better, right? But man, some of you, man, you're falling all the time. Don't get discouraged, man. Find some accountability. Slow and steady is the Christian life, man. The tortoise and the hare. It is not a mad rush to do everything at once, man. You're not you're, you're not gonna we're not gonna like win the world overnight. Because Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a lifelong journey in which you simply walk in obedience to what God has called you to do today. Just say yes to today, man. Wake up tomorrow and say, today, I'm not going to tell a lie. Today, I'm not going to care what people think of me. Today, I'm going to give my mind to the Lord. I'm not going to give in to these anxious thoughts. Today, here's what I have to do when I go to church, man. I'm a pastor, and this is what I have to do. Today, I'm going to talk to two people, and I'm not going to run and hide. Man, I get social anxiety, you know? I just, I get, I get worked up when I see a lot of people. It just freaks me out. I love, I love interacting one-on-one. That's kind of my thing. I don't like interacting in groups. And so I have to, I have to get prepared, man. 
I have to give, I have to give this issue over to the Lord. I can't just say, no, this is the way I am, so I'm just gonna not talk to people. Man, that's not what, God loves people. That doesn't mean I have to be like, like my, you know, my, like Tony. I don't know if you guys know Tony, but he's a people person. He's bummed if he didn't talk to everybody in the, in the room, you know? And I'm just like, man, can I just, Lord, can I just please have two, two good conversations? And you know, by the grace of the Lord, he's, 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 Man, if I'm prepared, I've got my mind right. He does it. He does the work. Day by day, man, we take a step, and we and eventually you're climbing trees. You're not worried about falling anymore. Precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, line upon line. The Christian life is 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 a patient journey. We run it with patience. Because, man, the Christian is like a tree. Man, Mike was talking about this this morning in our devotional. And I was like, man, that's what we're talking about tonight. As long as the tree has the adequate nutrition, it will grow ad infinitum. It'll just keep growing. As long as it's got the adequate nutrition, as long as it's getting, you know, getting watered, all that kind of stuff, it'll just keep growing. Man, give a tree water and care. And it just won't stop. And the thing about a tree is that, man, they grow they they grow kind of slow. You know, I feel like I talk about I've been talking about my garden a lot. I'm maybe I'm a little proud about it. I don't know, but I planted some trees in my backyard, and uh, you know, like the other day, I just walked out there and I'm like, whoa, man, these things are growing. You know, like. I hadn't looked at them for like a week or something. But really, like, those are small trees, so it's really, it's kind of easy to see the growth. But like, if you look at a, if you look at a massive tree, man, like, do you notice it growing? You look at it every day. Can you notice a tree growing? Mm Mm-mm. But it is. Every spring, man, God, God brings the April showers. So that the May flowers will come up and, and the trees begin to bud and, and they begin to send out new shoots and, and the trees are growing, man, all the time. And that's how Christians are, man. We're running with patience. We're not in any hurry. We're just growing. We're just diligently growing. And, and you know, a lot of times we, we, we don't think that God's working in our lives because we can't see it, you know. We just can't see what God's doing on the inside of our, our hearts because we look at ourselves every day. We're in our own head every day. We know who we are. And then you get, and then you, ha, you know, it's like you, you, you see somebody that you hadn't seen in a, in a couple of years and, and they look at you and they're like, man, you're different. I was talking to Jason about this the other day. He had a buddy that said, man, you're different. I'm sure Jason didn't feel different, right? I mean, yeah, you feel a little different, but like some man, sometimes you forget that God is still at work in your life. Man, it's a patient race. It's it, you know, Rome was not built in a day. So don't get in a hurry. Don't think that just because you're you're not where where your your youth leaders are that you're not following the Lord. You understand that you have the same Spirit living inside of you that rose Jesus from the dead. Man, we all have the same the same ability and capability to follow Christ. Every single one of us. 
Run the race. Man, this goes back to, to our look at the athlete the other day. Running implies that we're going somewhere with intent. The intention is for us, uh, for us is that we would walk in victory over the flesh and patiently, daily seek to obey God in all areas of our lives so that we would be effective in our mission of making disciples of all nations. Man, don't allow yourself to get bogged down with the temporal things of this life. Lay them aside. Patiently run the race that you have been given. In doing so, you will find joy and peace unspeakable. Man, you will be free to live a life of passion and purpose. Living out your calling in life for the good and glory of God. Man, that's what God wants for you. Don't buy into the lie. So we've got to find some inspiration. We've got to find some inspiration. What's going to inspire us, man, to lay aside the weight and to run the race with patience? Man, these folks uh, that we're going to read, we're, they're just like you, man. They're everyday, uh, everyday guys, everyday gals. God, but here's the thing: God used them in extraordinary ways because they simply yielded themselves to Him, right? So the first part of that verse in Hebrews 12 says, "Wherefore, as a result of uh, seeing, we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses." Man, so let's see what these witnesses were that we're talking about, right? Hebrews 11 is one of the most inspiring passages of the Bible. Because we read about men and women that got full of faith and made a difference in the world. So let's, man, in, in Hebrews 11, 1 through, uh, through 7, we see faith before the flood. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We're going to read a lot tonight. So just be patient. We're going to run with patience through Hebrews 11. Now, the, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered up unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For being uh, Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, listen, listen, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Man, we got to walk by faith, to pl- man, so that our life can pl- be pleasing unto the Lord, so that He can do the leading in our lives. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He uh, that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not uh, not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which. He condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Man, so this dude Noah, God told him to build an ark. 
He said, this, this stuff's going to start falling from the sky. This water, man. It never rained before. Hey, I need you to make an ark. I need you to build this thing. And, and, and by faith, Noah took God at His word and he did it. In the midst of all of the adversity, he endured all the ridicule and all, all, of the, all the things that people had to say to him thinking he was a crazy nut. Man, I probably would have thought the guy was a little loony. Wouldn't you? Your neighbor starts building a massive boat telling you water's going to start falling from the sky. Man, but he got full of faith and he believed God. Man, and then, and then in 8 through 22, we see the, the faith of the patriarchs. And I, I'm going to let you read that for yourself if you'd like. It's on your paper. I'm going to just skip through them. Man, it talks about the faith of Abraham and the faith of Sarah. You guys know the story of Abraham? Man, he was an old dude. God told him he was going to give him a son. And God, God told Sarah, she's an old woman, right? She, she had gone, she was past the stage of being able to have a child. She laughed at God whenever he said she was going to have a baby because she knew that there, there ain't no way. God, my body doesn't work like that anymore. And, and God gave them, God gave them a son. God gave them Isaac. Right? And then we see, um, in, in uh, Hebrews 11:23 through 31, we see faith in Egypt in the wilderness with Moses and what God did with the simple man. Moses, he was a man that, I mean, he was not a very good speaker. Stuttered, got, a, got, didn't have a way with words, wasn't a very eloquent man, but God used him mightily. Okay, now I want to, I want to go to verse 32. Let's read about some unnamed individuals. This is this is the faithfulness of the saints throughout the ages. It says, "And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of uh, and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms." Man, this is what these people did in faith. They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong, waxed valiant in fight. They turned to fight the, flight the armies of the aliens. Man, these people knew there were aliens before, before it was cool. That's crazy to me. Verse 35, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mocking and scourging, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. And I'm not talking like this, man. These people, they, they didn't get stoned like you're thinking. They, got, they, they had boulders dropped off a cliff on their head. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Man, listen. If it weren't for these men and women, we would not be sitting here today. What you're going through is hard. I promise. 
I'm not trying to belittle it. But men and women have been going through these things for, for all of history. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Man, they didn't even receive Christ. This is before, this is before Christ, man. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Listen. You're not alone, man. People have been there before. But they counted the cost and they, they said, you know what, man? It's worth it. I'm going to trade in the temporary for the eternal. Check this out, man. This was the early church, man. Feed me to the lions if you must. Rip me limb from limb. Dip me in tar and light me as a torch for your dinner parties. I will not forsake the assembling of the Lord's people, man. They, 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 they would do whatever it took to serve the Lord, to honor God. And then the modern evangelies, man. I have a rumbly in my tumbly because I ate too many wings last night at B-dubs. And I really don't think it's safe to go back yet. I can't make it to church today. i got a rumbly in my tumbly. Listen. Let's, let, what's up? Uh, the internet. <laughs> the internet. Listen, I know, man. Let's not be weak, man. Let's get like a 12 pack. Like, I want to be, man, I, I want to honor the Lord no matter the cost, man. Sorry, I need to get off that screen. You guys are, it's too funny. If you need some good memes. But seriously, seriously. Man, you've, you're, you've gone through some things and you're going through some things. But I'm telling you, we got to run with patience. we got to cut loose from that stuff. You don't have to go home with it. Man, these folks had an unfeigned faith. They had a real faith. Their faith led them to action. These, these are the enduring Christians, man. Let their stories inspire you to lay aside the weight of the world. Let their stories inspire you to flee from sin. Flee from wickedness. Diligently lay aside every weight and patiently run the race set before you. And then the next thing is we need to learn from Jesus, man. Here, you can see it one more time. Alright. we got to learn from Jesus. Man, because uh, we sang this song today. Only Jesus, man. Man, it's inspiring what brothers and sisters have done before us. But what's really inspiring is that God cared enough about me to send His Son. That's incredible news, man. Verse 2. Hebrews 12.2 Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Despising the shame and set it down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradictions of sinners against Himself, 
lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Right? So let's look at the beginning of our faith. Jesus is the beginning of our faith. Not only is He the beginning of our faith, but Jesus is also the author of it, of life itself, man. Colossians 1, verse 14 says, "...in whom we have redemption through His blood..." So we're talking about Jesus. "...even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven..." and that are in in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. You were created for Him, and you were created by Him. It'd be wise for us just to say, you know what, I think you know what's best for me, Lord. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. Man, Jesus is the beginning of all. He's the beginning of our faith. It's because of Him, man, that we even consist. All of the fullness of God dwells in Him. And He loved us so much that He, that he died on a cross. He shed His blood for you to reconcile you back to Himself, reconcile you back to God. So that we, man, so that we could be in right standing with God and have a, a personal relationship with Him. Because without the sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we would be the enemy of God and eternally separated from Him. God doesn't want you to be His enemy. And look, some of you today, you're the enemy of God. He doesn't want it that way. No one in here wants you to be the enemy of God, man. That's why God sent His Son, Jesus. Just like He told the nation of Israel, man. He said, I set before you today blessings and cursings. Man, here's what's going to happen if you accept Christ and this is what I want for you. And here's what happens if you don't accept Christ. This is not what I want for you, man. Choose life. I don't want you to take this. This was for the devil and his angels, not for you. Don't join in that rebellion. Not only is he the author, but he's also the finisher of our faith. There is nothing, nothing to be added to Jesus, man. Not baptism, not a catechism. Man, I feel like I'm rapping. I'm about to start flowing here. Give me some more. No, you know, like, no... Nothing can be added to Christ for your salvation. There's nothing needed. You don't got to climb the mountain. God descended it for you. Don't overcomplicate it. It's pretty simple. Christianity truly is a simple concept. Salvation is by grace through faith alone in, in Jesus Christ. And you cling to Christ for the rest of your life. 
You will never grow past the need for Jesus, man. I feel like a broken record. I've talked about that nonstop. Philippians 1.6 tells us, Being confident in this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the day that He returns, man. You don't need anything more. And you don't need anything less. Because He is the ultimate example for us. Man, like I said, those brothers and sisters in, in Hebrews 11, man, that's inspiring to me. But there's nothing more inspiring than, than that God came to show me how, man. He came and did it first. Let's read verse 2 again. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and set it down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Man, consider the opposition that Jesus faced in His life. Everything He did, people took offense to. Man, He healed somebody of a disease and people were mad. He raised the dead and people were mad. Everybody hated Jesus. They hated Him for no reason and ultimately killed Him without a cause. John 15.25 says, But this cometh to pass, that the world might be word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated Me without a cause. The world hated Jesus because He disrupted their religious system. Instead of seeing the immense freedom found in Christ, they choose to silence Him in death. Man, in Jesus' case, they, they, um, that hatred came in the form of a cross. They hated Him so much that they killed Him. They crucified Him. Man, why would the Creator of heaven and earth stand for this, man? If I were God, listen. If I were God, you would all be dead, man. I'm, I'm on a strict three-strike policy. But you know, you know, good good news for you. I'm not God. You know how many times, how many strikes do we have with the Lord, man? I mean, I'm at like infinity. I don't know. I I, I lost count. How many how many chances has God given you? Man, why would the Creator of heaven and earth stand for His creation crucifying Him? Turning their backs on Him. Man, we crucified Him. Why would He allow lowly man to treat Him in such a manner? Listen, because He knew the eternal reward far outweighed the temporary consequences. There is great and immense joy sitting at the right hand of the Father. As a result, He endured the cross. He endured the shame and the ridicule. He endured the injustice that befell Him. He took what was rightfully ours and He endured. He took our guilt. He took our sin and He took our shame with Him on the cross. And He endured for the joy that was set before Him. Knowing that persevering would bring life to all that would receive Him. How much love does God have for us, man? Have you ever known such a love? 
Man, I can't even fathom that. Jesus was willing to stand firm in the midst of excruciating persecution for the good and glory of God, restoring fallen man back to God. Man, we ought to take note, lest we be wearied and faint in our minds. It is, our, it is also our responsibility to stand firm in the midst of opposition for the good and glory of God, sharing the message of restoration of Jesus Christ to lost man. Man, if Jesus faced opposition in, in the, for the way that He lived, and we are called to walk as He walked, man, you better believe that we will endure such contradiction of sinners when we live out our faith. Man, John fifteen eighteen says, "If the world hated, uh, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you." Man, I would encourage you to read that whole passage. Because the world hates us, man. We're, live, we're living a different life. We're, live, we're living above the influence of the world. We're living for, for an eternal, man, for the eternal joy that's set before us. We're not living for temporary things. And as a result, man, that, that fires people up. They can't stand it. It makes them feel bad about themselves. I know it's tough to hear that you will suffer when you follow Jesus with your life, but the reality is, we suffer all the time for the things that we love. And here's the point I'm trying to make, man. You live what you love no matter the cost. Jesus did not come to die for you only. He came to show you how to die. Jesus died to Himself, man. He was the ultimate example. He showed us how to die. I'm not saying you're going to die on a cross, but you're going to have to daily make a choice to die to yourself. And you're going to have to say, Lord, I want you to take that sin. I want you to kill it. Nail it to that cross. And I want you to bury it in that tomb where it belongs, man. It deserves in death. Because... because what Jesus did after three days is He rose again so that we may be made new. And we don't have to be bound by our sin because it's buried in the tomb. Man, let Jesus' love for humanity be an example for what He's called us to as enduring Christians. We are to tell the world to love uh, that God loves them as so much that He sent His Son Jesus for them. This is why... We're enduring Christians, man. Because if not you, then who? This is why we endure at all times in all things. Because if not you, then who? Who's going to share it? Man, there's going to be no greater joy than, than to, to, be in, man, to be in eternity with our brothers and sisters in Christ, man. But how many, how many of them, how many of our, 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 in our sphere of influence, man, they're not going to be found there? Man, it's not your job to save them. God didn't call you to save them. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But God is calling you to just simply talk to them, simply share the gospel. Man. And in conclusion, man, let's read these verses one more time. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Man, look to the past. Let us lay aside every weight. Let that be our inspiration. And the sin that does so easily beset us, man, cut it loose. It'd be, it'd be impossible to run, a, to run a race with the, with the weight tied to my back. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Man, let's run it in, vi- in victory and in freedom over the bondage of our lives. Man, I'd be such an e- so much easier to run. And, and while we're running, man, we're looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Man, He's got me. He's going to continue to do a good work in me as long as I'm as long as I'm running this race. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Are you willing to, to see the joy that's set before you and pick up your cross? Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Man, there's coming a day because we're joint heirs with Christ, man. If we're faithful, we get to, we get to sit at the right hand with the Lord, man. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Remember, people are going to wrong you. They wrong Jesus Christ, man. That's just part of it. That's okay. That's okay. We pray for them. It's okay. They just don't know. They just hate. They just hate Jesus, man. And it. It's not that they, man, they just don't know any better. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds, man. No, it just, we just, we should expect it. It makes people mad. They just don't know that actually this is freedom. It's not bondage, it's freedom. They're the ones in bondage. And so going into school next year, Man, I can promise you you're going to face opposition. i got some good news for you. You're going to face some opposition. You're going to face temptation. And you know what else? The fact remains, if we stand firm in the midst of all uh, of it all, man, we can endure it. Because we, we've learned from the past, man, and we've learned, we've learned from Christ. And man, uh, tonight, man, we, we've got some business to do with the Lord. Man, some of you don't know Jesus. We talked about it the first night. We've talked about it every night since, every day. If you don't know Christ, man, let's get free. He wants to loose you from yourself. He wants to give you victory over this this life. Man, you need to get saved. Today's the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Today. God's calling you right now. He's stirring in your heart. Man, I'm going to ask the counselors if you if you guys would stand up. Man, just kind of spread out. Some of you back there, some of you up here. Man, we're going to make some space for you to respond to the Lord, man. Let's not let's not let this week pass without dealing with what God's doing right now in your heart.
And if you know that you need Jesus, man, just go find somebody to talk to. No one's here to judge you. We love you. Man, some of you, you need to get saved. Some of you, man, you just need to take the next step. You need to take the next step of faith. Man, you you got saved as a little kid. And you want to know what to do next. Man, go talk to a counselor. You need to get baptized. And you need a mentor in your life. Man, some of you got sin issues that you need to deal with tonight. The Lord loves you so much that, that He sent He sent us His Word to, to, to let us know. Man, He doesn't want us in bondage anymore. He's given us victory in Christ. Man, if you need to deal with some things, if you need to cut off the weight, tonight is the night. I'm going to pray. And we're going to sing a song. Man, you feel free to go find someone to talk to. Don't don't leave without dealing with what God's doing in your heart right now. Lord, we we love you. Man, we're so thankful for your grace, for your mercy. I can't imagine where I'd be without you. Lord, I can't imagine. So I pray for these students, Lord. You're stirring in their hearts. They're nervous. Man, they they don't want to be judged, man. But I pray that they would understand the freedom that's found in Christ and that today would just be a day of freedom for all of us, man. We don't want to go back the same way that we came here. We don't want to waste this week, God, on fun and games, Lord. We want it to be, man, a stone of remembrance in our life for that was the day, that was the time when God spoke to me, when God called me, to himself. Man, that was the day that God called me to take a stand for Christ and to endure no matter the cost. Lord, I pray that you would man just give these these students boldness to to do the, to make the decisions that they need to. God, there's no pressure here. God, we just we just want to see you move. Lord, I pray that you would. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen.